Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. I, I am thankful that I've had time to gather myself, because I've been a mess since the service started. When you love people, that stuff hits you. And to just see what the Lord has done in these 14 years, uh, the, the tears, the good and bad. How many know there's good and bad tears? And uh, the faithfulness of so many people, all of you that have been with us for a short time. Some have been since the very beginning. We're going to have a few testimonies, but it's just been amazing to see what the Lord has done. In, these, in this time, and to see from start from scratch, it's so amazing that God had it, that Pastor Andrews and my mom would be here today on this day, and I want to start off by thanking uh, some people, but I want to start by thanking my wife, I'm going to embarrass her and ask her to stand, in case you don't know who she is, <laughs> I caught you, that's my rib, that's my rib. Uh, 29 years next year in February. We've been married. Amen. 30 years we've known each other. And a lot longer than we haven't known each other. And we have been through lots and lots of good times, some bad times. But together, thankfully, with each other, we've never had bad times. And that's a testimony in itself. That we have been faithful to each other and and loved each other all these years, and she has stood by my side. She did not know. Somebody was telling us just recently, I forgot who it was, uh, that when you come into a church, you don't know that your, that your future, that your husband may be a future pastor. And she was that way as well. She never knew she was going to marry a pastor. She did at least know she was going to be in the ministry because I was already in the ministry when I met her, and, and uh, we started doing the work for the Lord and with youth and uh, all kinds of different things than going to the streets with the kids. And so 14 years ago, we were 15 years about praying. And uh, I would go to the church every single um, morning uh, to the church in Costa Rica. Pray with a bunch of the people in the congregation. And um, one day I woke up and the Lord said, just go down to the living room. And it was a di- for some reason. Uh, I, I, the Lord doesn't talk to me all the time. But he talks to me uh, when I need to hear him. And I, when I say that, I mean big decisions. I knew I wasn't supposed to go. I went down to the living room, got on the ground. And just a few minutes into prayer, the Lord said, it's time to go home. <laughs> Dad. <laughs> Mom, what, Mom, where's your amen? All right. All those years. When are you coming home? When are you coming home? We were in Costa Rica for 10 years as missionaries. And um, then... The Lord said just a few minutes later, as clear as a bell, Denton, Denton, Texas. And I knew that the Lord brought us to this place. And for those that don't know, and I don't want to take too long on this, but don't know that when we came back and that city was so prevalent in our hearts, we started in our living room, as they said. And in just a moment, I'm going to have Laura testify who was at our very first service. I mean, no, that's pretty cool, 14 years later, to have someone that was at your very first service in the house. 
And then we've had many come behind. I'll have someone else right behind that was there just within a few weeks, and that's longevity and faithfulness. But we got to that uh, to Denton and started that church, and then just within a year, or sorry, within a month, God began to bless us to be able, and we used a lot of our own money as well, um, to start the church in a building over on, on London there. That's where Pastor Dylan and Ashley came in right at the end of that year. Um, and we started, uh, we filled that building up really fast. Not fast enough. It's never fast enough for me. Amen. You want to see more. Even, to, even today, I'm so happy, but we want to see more. How many know we need to be happily discontent when we're serving the Lord? Amen. To see more because every one of us are souls. So we filled that building up. We only had a year lease. We moved over to, to um, Fort Worth Drive. And the Lord used us to become a staple in the city that it wasn't any more smokehouse or J.R. Pockets. It was the Big Jesus sign. Amen. People knew where they said, over there by the Big Jesus sign. We had this big, huge billboard that if you didn't see it today, driving from south to north, we have again. Because God brings things full circle. Amen. And he, uh, we uh, started in that building and... And we just, we just got to a place where, where God was doing great things, but we couldn't get past certain numbers that, we were, that were goals. And, we, and we, we just couldn't get past those barriers. And then the Lord opened up the door for us to be pushed out pretty much like a parent to a kid. And they knocked our sign down. And God said, I'm doing this so you can get moving. This isn't the place for you anymore. And then this building opened up, but the important thing about this is, is if anybody knows the, the story and the history, is when, when God says a name, he says a name. So I was concerned about going outside of Denton, Texas, because we're not, we, we, God didn't send me to start a church in Crum or to start a church in someplace else. He, he said Denton. And so when we got to this building five years ago, if anybody can believe that, it's already been five years in this building, we got here, and I found out that this is an interesting thing. We're sitting right now on the line of Denton, Texas, and, and, and the county, like literally on the line, but we still have a Denton address. And, and God said, I'm going to send you out there right on the corner, but I'm going to leave you in Denton, but I need to get you out of the city. And I want to just prophesy for you to, to you for a moment this morning of what God is doing and what he spoke to me five years ago. He said very clearly when we moved out here, and if you've paid attention, if you haven't, pay attention now. He said, I'm moving you out, and some of you will remember this, I'm moving you out ahead of the growth of Denton, Texas. How many remember me saying that? The Lord gave us a word because five years ago, if you went down the freeway on this side going north to south, there was nothing. And I mean nothing. And now it's and they just built a humongous, I don't even know what that building is. Who knows what? Maybe it's for us. Maybe they built it for us, amen, and we'll take it over one of these days. I don't know. But this entire side is full of things, and the other side, there's houses, there's apartments, there's all the growth is moving out here, the, the housing developments and all that. And God has a plan. Like my dad said, he has something more still. But we, when we got to this building, God gave us a strategy, and I thank Pastor Paul. Our, home, our head church, head of the home church, for giving us this idea because we couldn't get past a certain amount of people. And as you can see this morning, even in this building, we didn't have the room to do what God wanted us to do. So we started two services, I think, four years ago. Does that sound right to anybody? I think four, at least three, on an Easter. And we just did another step of faith. And we said, we're just going to try two services. And we've been doing them for three or four years now. And we have doubled the church. 
And what we wanted to do this morning was we wanted to have one service so that you could see why we need a bigger building. And you can see what the Lord has done because in two services you can't meet everybody, you can't see everybody. And, and even today there are people that are part of this church that are not here. So it's almost nearly impossible uh, to get everybody here at the same time. But we're, we have 260 chairs in here this morning. And there's not a lot of, a lot of empty ones. It's mostly full. And, and God is doing a great thing in this church. And, and all today is about bragging on the goodness of God. Amen. Amen. Bragging on how good and faithful God is. All my life, I, he has been faithful. Amen. So I want to thank all of you this morning. I want to thank our assistants, Pastor Mario and Danz, as well as my parents for standing with us, standing by our side, the friendship that we have. I want to thank my kids, uh, all four of them. Amen. I've been blessed with two great son-in-laws. Try not to get choked up on that. I prayed for them <laughs> all their lives. Amen. All their lives, every day, I prayed for those men. And now to see what they're doing for the Lord, how they treat my daughters, is priceless. Men, pray for your daughters that they'll meet that guy that's, that's worth them. They'll never be good enough, but they'll try till they die. Amen. And I thank God for our kids, and I thank God for, there's too, obviously too many to name, but we thank God for all of you that every single Sunday come in. How many, how many, I, wanted, I do want to do this. If you're on the serve team, would you stand up? If you serve in our church, just stand up. Look at this team. Amen, of, of workers, and there's a bunch in the back as well. And we have a bunch that are working back there right now. Come on, let's give them a big hand. Amen, or thanks. We, we appreciate you and love you and thank God for you. Amen. Every service, and how many of you that just stood, was it weird this morning? We left our house when service was supposed to be starting. I was having all kinds of mental problems. Something just didn't seem right. I'm like, I've been at the house too long. The sun's been up too long. And uh, you, I've been, I've had, you're having an anxiety attack. Why are we still here? And so it was nice, though. Was it nice to get a little more sleep? We tried this out today. I'm going to see if we do it again from time to time just to bring it together. Um, but I want to have a few testimonies this morning um, of just some select ones. It doesn't mean these are more important than others. But I wanted to start. I'm going to have it, Laura if she'd start to head up here. Start us off as, as what the Lord did. And I've asked them all to read because I know when you get up here, you can just kind of get under the emotion and get excited, and that's fine. But I, I don't want to take all day. But I do want these to, to give their testimonies. And they're going to read and share what the Lord's done. And I chose from the very first service. This She has to testify because she's so important and, and so uh, key to our church. And now her husband's faithfully with, the, with her now and her, her kids. Where's Cora's back there, right? Gavin, stand up, you big tall stud. Look at this kid over here. <laughs> Gavin was born in this church. Literally born in this church. Not physically like here, but <laughs> since the church began. And so he's, we've seen him grow up. And, and you, this is what the longevity is about. This is, as I give credit to our home church for being the example why I'm so why I love our fellowship so much because if you know me one of the things that I most admire is longevity it's a quality that I I want in my life I want my marriage to last a long time I want 
our church to last a long time. I want everything we do to last a long time. And so when you look at something that has lasted a long time, you, you have to honor it and admire it and thank God for it. And in our home church, we have people who've been there for 40 years. And I, I, since we started this church, said, God, I want that in our church. I want that kind of longevity. And so today you're going to see from someone like Laura from the very first service, the very, I mean, it's a miracle in itself to have someone <laughs> show up to the first service. We, you hear stories of people that start churches, and I thank God I never had to preach just to my wife, and so does she. <laughs> Some pastors have to preach just to their wife. That's the only one at the church. And sometimes it goes on for weeks and months. I don't even know how that works. I mean, it's got to be bad on the marriage. But I thank God that from the very first service we had people, and, and Laura was there. So I want her to share uh, what, what the Lord put on her heart to say today. Brought a tissue because pastor's already making me cry, too. Um, I, so I grew up um, through middle school and high school. My parents had kind of fallen away from church, but I had found a youth group that I really felt connected in, and so I was proactive. My, my mom would take me to church and drop me off and come and pick me up. And um, you know, But in college, I fell away, and the years that followed, I were filled with alcohol and drugs and unhealthy relationships. And in 2008, I was living a life of alcohol addiction, and I was filled with shame because of how far I had fallen from Christ. I knew who Christ was, and, you know, the devil said, well, you know, you don't represent him anymore, and you knew better, and so I would, it just was a growing shame that I had. Um, and so Miss Pam was a patient of mine in the fall. She started being a patient of mine in the fall, winter of 2007, and if you want to hear that whole story, I'll tell you about that at the cookout today. But uh, so we built a really good relationship. I mean, she told me about her kids and her son that, and his family that are in Costa Rica. And she had, you know, a son that's in Arizona and then her daughter that lived locally. And then come that spring, she t comes into, uh, into therapy. I'm a physical therapist. She comes into therapy and she says, my son's moving back to start a church in Denton. We just found out this morning. And I was like, okay, I mean, from the Baptist church, so... In our, you know, in that world, it's like, oh, in a year from now, this will happen. And so, um, so, and literally, it was not that long. It was like a month and a half, I think, from the first service, maybe two months from that. And so, she invited me to the first service. And if you, if you don't know Miss Pam, you need to get to know her because she's like an angel on earth. And. When she invited me, I mean, of course, the Lord was already working. He was already working on me because of who she was and, and our relationship, but she was working on me. He was working on me in that moment because he knew I needed to get back in church. I knew deep down inside I needed to get back in church. And so she invited me, and I went, and I felt peace that I had been missing and I didn't realize I was longing for that peace. I thought, you know, the drinking and the partying and all that stuff was filling those things in my life, but it wasn't. And I just knew. In that moment, I knew I was where God wanted me to be, and, and not to brag on myself, but I tithed because I said, this is where God wants me to be, and he's telling me to tithe. I'm tithing, like, whatever it is he wants me to do, that's what I want to do. And, you know, I did fight it for about nine months off and on until I got pregnant with Gavin, and, and then it was for sobriety. God knew I needed that push, and at that point, I determined I was going to stay sober, and, and that's not to say that it was easy. It doesn't mean that I wasn't tempted and, and that, you know, I didn't have moments of weakness, but 
Um, looking back, I realized I had a head knowledge and a shallow heart knowledge of who Christ was before I came to VWO, but I had not been introduced to his resurrection power the way that I was once I got rooted into VWO. And that's the power that really sets you free. That's not just the topical in the moment. That's the stuff that, you know, lets you walk away from those addictions forever. So not only did I have I received over the years encouragement and support that I needed to stay sober, but also to grow in my walk with Christ and then to become part of a chain of grace. And so I was given the opportunity and purpose in helping others in their walk through this church you know, I began serving in different ministries, uh, discipling others as Miss Pam had discipled me, and showing them that love. And that's brought an added meaning to all the trials that still happen. It, it, it never ends. I mean, we're still going to go through things whether I'm saved or not. And so it brings meaning to those things, and God's given me beauty for ashes. So all over all these years, there have been so many miracles. Again, come to the cookout. I'll share 10 or 15 with you. Um, that have happened in our lives, but my spiritual growth has allowed me to be used by God, and besides salvation, there is no greater feeling than to be the tool in God's hands making a difference in someone else's life and to continue to extend that chain of grace. And so that I thank you, Pastor and Carla, for allowing me all these years to, to be here and pouring into me. Amen. We love you. Appreciate you. Revelation 12:11 says this, and they overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. That's what a, that's what a testimony is, is somebody's life being changed, amen? We talked about that. If you haven't heard the message from Wednesday about a, a genuine witness, that's how this church has grown. We do outreaches, we do conferences, we do revivals, we do all the things that we, we do, but the real reason of church growth is one-on-one -on -one evangelism, telling people about the Lord and caring about souls, amen, genuinely caring about people. I want to ask, uh, if she, as soon as she gets her, I think she's on her way, uh, my, my cousin, Kendra, um, she is going to testify about what the church has meant, and Rowdy, I don't know if she wants you up here or not, I, okay, you come on up here, start heading up here, handsome man. All right, you're going to be there for support. Okay, amen. She hold, hold, her, hold her hand. So I'm going to have them testify. They, as they come, our family. Uh, I love having family in the church. And uh, I, I uh, was asked Kendra when I got back, told her. She said, we're already in a church. So it didn't happen. And quickly that changed. And they were at, was it the first service of the first building? So we, we, we got into that building on Londonderry, and they were at the very first service. So they've been with us for 14 years as well. Amen. I would have been at the first service in the house, but I was, I was being a submissive wife. <laughs> for once. <laughs> okay. I'm just going to read it so I can stay where I'm supposed to and not chase rabbits. VWO has been a place of true worship and a place to hear the anointed, undiluted word of God. On top of those most important reasons to attend a church, we've had a family here who has helped us through many trials and difficulties. They've prayed with us through grieving the losses of our parents, our addicted children, financial struggles, and so much more. 
We've shared in serving the community in outreaches to win souls for heaven, and we've held each other accountable. We've loved being a part of a bigger ministry, Victory World Outreach, where we get to send missions, offerings as a church around the world to help other churches in our fellowship so the gospel can be preached all over the world. And other pastors are, in, are encouraging and praying for our pastor and our church as we are doing the same for them. This church is not just a church we attend. It is our life. It's who we are. We love you guys. Beautiful. Come on, let's give the Lord a big praise. Amen. How important it is to have a family. How many here can say, that's me, I've, I've found a family in this church? Not just a place to come to church, but a true family. Family that sticks closer than a family. Family that's there when regular family's not there. Amen. And, and, and holds you accountable and does great things. What Kendra has seen in the last few years, and Rowdy is, as you know, he's not a super talkative person. He's not super um, emotional, but he's solid. He's always been solid as long as I've known him. And she prayed for a long time that he would do more. And I know it was in the last few years at a conference. That's why conferences are so important. God got a hold of him. He believed in the Lord. He was saved. But God got a hold of him to do more. That's another thing that the God wants. God wants one day, church, we want to have everybody stand that's on the serve team and this entire congregation stand. Amen. Amen. So everybody's serving somehow in some capacity. And that's grown. I mean, it's grown from 10 to 20 to 30 to 40. We have almost 70 people now on our serve team. That's a miracle. Some people don't have 70 people in their church. I told my wife, I don't take for granted what the Lord is doing here. I'm humble. I'm, I'm honored. I'm, I'm blessed. I don't understand uh, why God uses us like he does, but it's all for his glory. Amen. But I don't take for granted the fact that we're, we're, we're having so many people get saved and so many people serving and, and the size of our church. I've said this before, if you don't know this, statistically, 80% of the churches in the United States have less than 100 people in them. 80%. So to be this size is a miracle of God. Amen. And to be this size, preaching the truth. Amen. And we're never going to stop doing that. Because of the way we're set up, we have people that hold me accountable, and I hold other people accountable. And we're going to, matter of fact, if you haven't noticed, I'm more stirred up right now in my spirit than I've ever been in my life. I'm stirred. I am so stirred. I want to stir the devils up. Amen. I want to cast them out. I want to see amazing things happen. Uh, Psalm 145, I want you to read this, verse 5. By the way, King David is accompanying me this morning in my message. All these verses are from Psalms. I will meditate on your majestic, glorious splendor and your wonderful miracles. Your awe-inspiring deeds will be on every tongue. I will proclaim your greatness. Everyone will share the story of your wonderful, shout that out with me, goodness. They will sing with joy about your righteousness. Amen? God is doing such amazing things. The next verse I want to say before I have the next person come up and testify. How many know I'm doing a message? I'm having a message through testimonies, if you haven't noticed. There's no greater testimony or message than a testimony. I remember several years ago hearing my pastor, Pastor Jones, say something. And it, how many have heard something before and you hear it, but you don't catch it right away? 
We talk all the time in our fellowship of churches about discipleship and the vision of God is caught, not taught. I can teach you all day long, but you have to catch it. And I remember him saying something a bunch of years ago, and it didn't make sense till a few years later, and it really makes sense now. He would say, my credentials... So, for example, if you're a preacher of the gospel, people will ask you, what are your credentials? In other words, where, where did you study? Where did you go to Bible school and all those things? And, and I did do Bible school online another lifetime ago, seems like. But they'll ask you your credentials. What, you know, what's your qualifications for being a pastor? And Pastor Jones used to say, my credentials are in the seats. That's powerful. And, and, I, and I knew it sounded powerful then, but I didn't really get it now, until now. The credentials of what God is doing in my life are sitting in these chairs, is using our lives to touch other lives and to have testimonies. Amen? That's, that's the credentials of what God is doing in this church. All the lives that have been changed through the gospel. But watch this. This is very important. If you've been in the ministry very long, especially pastoring, we have pastors in here this morning who have started in this church as well and gone out and started something. By the way, God is starting to do some things in Bowie. Keep praying for Bowie. They're getting what we call traction. They baptized six people last night. Amen. God is moving in Bowie. Keep praying for them. But if you've been in the ministry very long, you're going to get to a place where you want to quit. And, and I have had many, many, not on God, just the ministry. Many times over the years where you get so frustrated with people. You know, if, if this church was empty, this church would be a blessing to preach to. Amen. But you're people. But at the same time, the goods way outweigh the bads. You know, the people that come into your life that, uh, here's a statement for you too. You're in a lot of the fellowship this morning. There's a truth in this as well that Pastor said many years ago. He said, some people bless you when they come. They bless you when they come. And that's all of you this morning, by the way. All of you. Every single one of you. But then here's the second. He said, and some people bless you when they go. <laughs> Amen. That's none of you this morning. But it's the truth. It's the truth in ministry. That some people are like a thorn or some people are like a, a uh, what's the thing you get stuck in your fingers? A splinter. And it feels good when they're gone. You get it out. But I want to tell you a verse that the Lord showed me this week in Psalms 27, 13. And this is the truth right here. And I, and I can relate to David. Not that I'm anything close to David. But he said, I would have lost heart. Amen, Pastor Mario. Amen, Pastor Dylan. Amen, Pastor Dwayne. Would have lost heart. I would have. But what? Unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord. In the land of the living. Something inside of you like Jeremiah says you can't quit. You know why we can't quit? Because of you. Because some of you in here would not be saved and would not be going to heaven this morning. And you'd be on your way to hell right now if it wasn't for the preaching of the gospel. And so you're the reason we keep going. Amen. Because we're going to do this long enough to see the goodness of the Lord. Amen. Praise God. David. Not King David, David Tyru. And Brianna, I don't know if you guys talked, if she's coming up or not. That's up to you. I want to have David and Brianna testify this morning. These, these, this couple is special. Everybody's special. They've been coming for about 
five or six years? All right. Amen. Amen. Well, first I want to start off saying a church that's alive is the church that's worth the drive. Amen. Amen. So I just wanted to share with you all what this church means to us. It means everything to us and not necessarily the building itself, but the people here. Amen. Um, I've known pastor for a while now and uh, we've met actually on the basketball court and uh, before I've known that he was a pastor, um, we play ball. And so I would, you know, usually cuss and, you know, say all types of stuff while we out there playing. But uh, once I found out that he was a pastor, that's when I was like, man, I shouldn't be doing this, man. You know? <laughs> but anyways, though, man, you, you know, um, again, like I said, this church means everything to us. We have a, a pastor who's approachable. And no subject is too heavy or too far away that you can't talk to him about. You know, we have a lot of churches out here nowadays that, you know, you're, t you're hesitant to say anything to them because of their position. But our pastor here, man, he's in the, well, what, 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 what we like to say is he's in the trenches with us, you know. So, you know, you can approach him on any type of subject or anything. So that's been a blessing for us. And also correction, you know. We all need correction. As pastor said, man, you know, we're nothing but big kids. And so if kids need correction, so do we. So, so when pastor corrects us, man, we take it. And well, you know, we know that the correction he's given us is helping us to grow. Amen. But uh, I just want to share two quick testimonies about myself and as well as uh, my, my beautiful wife, Brianna. So uh, I, I, I teach now at a charter school in Louisville, and I was on the admin team at first. Um, but the, during the last day of school, they told me that they are getting rid of my position. So um, when they told me that they were getting rid of my position, I was thinking about, you know, what's next, of course, right? Because you have to feed your family. I have two kids, by the way, so, and I have a mortgage that you have to pay, and et cetera, et cetera. So, um, I started to pray. I actually talked to my best friend, Brian, and also Pastor Blake about it, and, and they referred me right back to the Word of God. And it, and it piggy bit, just to go back to, to it again, you know, the pastor is not going to just tell you things to make you feel good. He's going to point you right to the Word, you know, and we need that. So um, anyways, man, the same day that they let me know that my job was, uh, uh, was no more, uh, they came back and said, hey, we have a P position for you. And so uh, I was on the admin team, by the way. I was an assistant dean, so Basically, there's five principals at our school, and they're cutting one of the principal positions out. And so when they said that you guys can go to, to PE, um, automatically I was kind of down a little bit because I'm taking a step down from the position that I'm in. All right. So anyways, man, uh, I gave a verbal commitment just to take it anyway because I felt the Lord was telling me to take it. And uh, I took it. So anyways, man, uh, um, I want to say a couple weeks ago, they gave me a call, <laughs> and now I'm getting paid way more than that I did as being an admin in a PE position. So how many of us know that's just, that's just a, the favor of God? You know, that's just the favor of God. And um, my wife here, she's uh, studying for her master's program for counseling. And so she applied for a job that she had really wanted in her school. But you have to have the master's degree in order to have the job. So anyways, um, they came back with, to her recently. We've been praying. And she got the job without even having a degree yet. <laughs> so, and she finishes up in a year. So, but how many of us know, man, that sometimes God's way is not our ways, right? I mean, I automatically think about uh, 2 Kings 5 when Naaman wanted to be healed from his leprosy. And then the prophet Isaiah said, hey, you want to be healed, go dip yourself seven times in the Jordan River. <laughs> you know, but back then the Jordan River is toilet water, <laughs> you know. They, you know, he told him to go dip himself seven times in toilet water. But how many of us know that sometimes when we receive the news, that doesn't go our way, we can get discouraged and not be obedient. But if you'll be obedient, God makes a way out of no way. So he made a way for us. 
out of a way that we didn't think that he would, but God is God. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Amen. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Makes me think of Psalm 34, 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Amen. How many here this morning have tasted of the Lord? And you know how good he is this morning. Amen. You know how faithful he is. You know how real he is. You know how amazing he is. And I'm just going to go out and say it, by the way, how many could see David preaching? Pretty good speaker, huh? Pretty good speaker over there. But the one thing I really appreciate about David and definitely Brian as well as 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 two people who is in a, is in a very rare situation in a church this doesn't happen very much me and pastor mario have been best friends forever and it just he was a, he actually pastor mario falls into that too i forgot i got three guys in this church who are best friends i mean they're all kind of equal you know you can't choose one they're all but different things that they bring to the table but he, i was just now thinking pastor mario wasn't a pastor when i met him either and now they're all well maybe i'm prophesying they're all going to be pastors, but Brian and David are not yet. But we have this um, friendship where we have a friendship before they, I was their pastor. And, but the res, I appreciate the respect and the honor that they give me when it comes to pastoral things. We can just flip the switch. We can go from basketball to the ministry, and it just switches. When we're on the court and stuff, I just treat them like friends, but... Uh, they know that I can speak into their lives, and they let me speak into their lives. Discipleship is, this is a very important thing about discipleship. Whether you're a male or a female, although we have to understand from the Bible that Jesus took the men aside, and he taught the men so the men could lead the family. And I don't do discipleship with women unless it's a general discipleship because I'm not a woman. Amen. I'm a man, and I'm teaching men how to be men. And, and I was just talking about this with my wife on the way here this morning. I'm hard on these guys. Guys, can you admit that I'm hard on you? How many guys here could say that I'm kind of hard on you? Let me see your hands. I'm hard because my pastor is hard on me, and it's what's made me the man of God that I am. We don't need to be coddled. We need to be pushed. And when I speak into these men's lives, I thank God that they're responsive and that they listen. But this is a key thing to discipleship. You can only disciple somebody who wants to be discipled. You can't disciple someone that does not want it. It's a two-way street. And as long as someone is receiving the discipleship and saying, teach me and lead me and show me, there's a discipleship there. But there's times, unfortunately, and this happens over the years, where a guy begins to, what we call, get something in his crawl, and they get to a place where they're not receiving anymore. And so when that happens, I just stop dealing with them and go deal with another guy that wants to be discipled. Because there's way too many people that want, to, that want to be discipled. Amen. How many want to be disciples of Christ in this place this morning? Amen. So we're going to close with this. I want to I have two more testimonies. How many are enjoying the testimonies, by the way? Amen. It's only 1220. We're good. Oh, thank you. I want to um, share this morning that in the uh, time that we're here together as, as one service, um, we're, we're reminding ourselves why we're doing this is a big part of, of prayer. I need you to pray with me because we need to know what God's next step is. Uh, as you can see, this, is, this, is, uh, this isn't the whole church, but this is a lot of the church. And we don't fit necessarily in here 
as we continue to grow and we need more room. And I believe, not, not just that we need more room, but I know how Americans are especially. And you can go to other countries and we could, we could have another 500 people in here. They'd be okay with it. They're used to it. But in the United States, if you're a little bit crowded, you don't, you don't want to go. So we need some more room. So it's been a long time since I've mentioned, and I don't know what the next step is. The Holy Spirit hasn't shown me. I do know this. We're supposed to buy something. That I know. So I need you to pray, and, and I don't even know if our owner of this building is listening. He may be out in the parking lot listening. I don't know, but it doesn't matter because as a congregation, we need to pray that the Lord will lead us to buy something. We want to buy this building. I want you to know what our vision is and our desire is. We want to buy this building. I believe we're supposed to be here. I believe this is the place that God has us. He's done tremendous things in this building. And we would like to buy our building we're currently using. We've put a lot of money into this building. And we would like to buy the surrounding area that we use in the parking lot. I don't know how many acres it is. Over to the youth hub. If you didn't know, we have our own youth building down the parking lot a little bit. Um, I would love to see God allow us to buy this entire property someday. I don't know what God has in store, but I know we're supposed to buy something. So get that in your spirit. We already have some money put aside. But I can remember that. How many know you have to have a vision? I can remember as we're sitting here this morning, this church didn't look like this. It didn't have this brand new carpet, didn't have the painted walls, didn't have a stage. And I remember sitting around there right where Paul and Brenda are. And if you were here a few years ago, we had a, 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 a uh, roof in the back of the church, which was kind of cool but kind of weird at the same time. And uh, a walkway back there, and we've taken all that out. But I remember sitting right where Paul is on a couple of chairs. Paul, wave your hands so they know who you are. They're also a wonderful couple. i, I got to be careful not to go couple to couple because there's so many in the church. Okay? I don't want to get in trouble. But they have been here a long, long, long time as well. And I was sitting right where Paul was, and I was by myself, and there was like six chairs in here. And I was visualizing this place full. So I'm seeing today, that's why it's hard not to cry sometimes, because I'm seeing today fulfilled what I saw five years ago in the Spirit. Okay? You all following that? This is very important. Catch this. So I'm sitting there, putting the chairs, moving them around, figuring out. If you weren't here before, how, we had to figure out a lot of stuff. And I have a plan. Like, I have a legitimate plan, and anybody can talk to me about it anytime, how to change this into a sanctuary that will hold 400 adults. Right now, there's 260 chairs in here. That doesn't sound like that much more, but it won't be this crammed. And we'll have a bigger stage, and we'll literally flip this. Flip this, And, and the, sanctuary, the front of the sanctuary will be back there on the other side of that wall. If you don't know, there's nothing on the other side of that wall except grass. It's just waiting for cement. And the wall is just waiting to be removed, and we would build an entire section that's about the same size as this, but we would double the sanctuary. And then this area where I'm standing would turn into more kids' area. So I have a plan. We just need an opportunity and, and, and an okay to try to purchase this building. So I want everybody to know that this morning, and it's okay if our landlord hears that. He's gonna, he's, we're going to have that conversation at some point anyways. But I do know we're supposed to buy something, and if it's not here, then God has something for us. Because I know, as I just said a second ago, I sat there and saw this. Now it's fulfilled. What does that mean? That means that what I'm seeing for the future is going to happen too. Okay, exactly what I'm seeing is going to happen. Just like this has happened, it's going to be fulfilled. So we just got to all be involved in that and see it happen. So we have some really brand new converts. I want to have Eric and Kaylee come up here. Brand, brand, brand new converts in our church. And 
this this part won't be said in their testimony, but I want to just kind of give them a lead in and let everybody see it. Don't be shy. There you go. Um, they were brought in, as you're going to hear, through, through destiny and at work, and you'll hear the story. But this is a picture of what you should do when you get saved. And, and it's not that you're bad if you haven't done this, but it's just so important to jump right in and just get involved. They literally, like since they started coming, have been at every service. They've been at every out, outreach. They've been at every potluck. They've been at every, everything that we do, they're there. And they've already gone to the next step class, and they've already, so they've already just started doing all this stuff. It's the best thing to do to keep you. Ray and Linda that are here and, and their kids as well know from the home church, right? You get in, you get involved, and that's what keeps you staying busy. Whenever someone comes to us and says, we're going to come out of the serve team or we're not going to serve anymore, it's a dangerous thing to do because that's the next step is out the door. So we, we, we stay busy by staying accountable, and when we're accountable, we're staying busy. So I just want to commend this couple for just coming in and jumping right in. So they're going to read what the Lord's done. So we've always known that God placed us together and that we wanted to live a life for him, but unfortunately we weren't at the time. We tried attending other churches and never felt comfortable enough to seek him there. We always felt, felt judged for the lives that we lived, and Kaylee and Destiny stumbled upon each other just randomly one day at her work and was invited to church, and that was the seed that was planted in us. And a solid year and a half passed by, and unfortunately, we were still, we still had an addiction problem, and it stayed with us that whole time. And we had tried multiple times to make changes and turn from it on our own, and it just, it just didn't work. We would try, you know, only doing it on the weekends, and we always fell back to it because we thought we needed it. We had, we had no real peace or joy but temporary. We quit and then turned back, and we've, we finally decided to try our old church, didn't feel comfortable, and then we came here to VWO, and we felt so welcomed here. We came a few times embarrassed of our sin and choices, but heavily felt the convic convictions. Our third Sunday coming, we realized through Christ we can do everything and that we can be forgiven. And we went home after that service and immediately drove to a field. We grabbed all of the bad things that we had with us that held us down for all that time. We said a prayer over over it and we literally threw it into the field and got it out of our lives completely and was done with it and after and we haven't touched them since we have been tempted many many times but through Christ alone we were able to be set free we no longer know the Kaylee and Eric that we once were this church has helped hold us accountable has taught us so much about the real word of God his presence is here and you can feel it immediately VWO didn't necessarily save us, but definitely showed us the light and helped us still daily to know the power of Christ and that his blood truly saves. Jesus filled the void that nothing else could. Excellent. Thank you. Come on, let's give the Lord praise. You want to come up? I got one more testimony, but I'm going to leave it for right at the end for prayer. Amen. Uh, again, not bragging, not except for on God. We could go through this whole sanctuary and pass the mic for hours. 
and, and, and talk about what the Lord has done because we serve a God who's a miracle God. We serve a King of kings and a Lord of lords. Amen. The Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the bright and morning star, the Prince of Peace, the everlasting Father who changes lives, breaks chains, sets the captives free, amen, and does what no drug, alcohol, relationship, or anything else can do. Amen. He's the way maker, the miracle worker, the promise keeper. He's everything that you can say and some. Amen. And he deserves this morning, if you would with me, a standing ovation. How many would give a standing ovation to the king this morning? Amen. Come on, you're not clapping for me. You're not clapping for you. You're clapping for the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Jesus, we magnify your holy name. We bless your holy name. We praise your holy name. Thank you, Jesus, for everything you've done. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can stand, stay standing if you would. All heads bowed and eyes closed. The reason this church exists is to be a lighthouse, to be a place where the gospel's preached and a life can be changed. As you heard in this last testimony and all the way back to the very first, we don't judge people here. We love people. But we love you enough to tell you the truth. We love you enough to give you the gospel, to tell you what the Bible says, and then you have to deal with it on your own. You're going to stand before God one day all by yourself. I'm going to stand before God all by myself. Revelation 20 says it, and we're going to have to give an account for our lives. How many all across this place this morning could be honest with God and the Holy Spirit's been dealing with you as he dealt with Eric and Kaylee, as he dealt with all these testimonies today and say, I don't know Jesus Christ. You even heard people say, I knew him, I knew of him, I even believed in him, but I wasn't living for him. Today, church, God, and I'm telling you, we're living in the last days, we're living in the last hours, we're living in the last minutes, and Jesus is coming soon, and a time is coming to this earth that the earth has never seen. The Spirit of God living in the church will be lifted off this place. All hell's going to break loose. And we don't want to be here for it. And God doesn't, doesn't want us to be here. Today, put your faith in Jesus. Don't be that person that says, I wish I would have listened. I wish I would have taken serious what that pastor said or those people at that church told me about that Jesus. Don't wait till it's too late, church. Don't wait. Today's the day of salvation. Today's the acceptable day of the Lord. How many all over this place as the Holy Spirit of the living God is touching your heart this morning? Nothing to do with my words, but everything to do with His Spirit touching you could say, if I died today, I don't know for sure where I'd go, but I want to say a prayer. I want to put my faith in Jesus today. If that's you, just lift your hand up all across this place. Just put it up. I see your hand. How many more? Just put it up all over. I see your hand. How many more? That's me. I want Jesus to come into my life today. I'm going to wait just a moment. How many more? All over this place. I see your hand. I'm not asking you if you're a member of a church. I'm not asking you if you can quote scriptures. I'm not asking you if you even believe in God. The thing is, have you believed that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins, paid your price that you owed, 
that was sending you on a path of destruction to hell? And do you believe he rose from the dead? And he's coming back again. Do you believe, have you confessed that? Because that's what saves you. Romans says, with the confession of mouth and the believing in our heart, we believe that he died on the cross and he rose from the dead, and that's what saves us. Not a church membership. Not being a good person. There's going to be a lot of good people in hell. It's not about being a good person. That comes after you get saved. It's about the grace of God. How many more? Quickly, all over this place, pray for me this morning. I want Jesus to change my life. There's some places in here where I can't see everybody. Now, next thing we're going to do is this. If you raised your hand, and maybe you didn't. Maybe as I just began to speak right here, the Holy Spirit is, is doing what he's doing this. He's knocking right now. Nobody else can hear that knock but you. Nobody else knows he's knocking, but there's something in your spirit that's telling you that you're not right. You're not ready. And you're going to have to answer to God for that because he's drawing you right now. Maybe you didn't raise your hand, but you need to make a public confession that you believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Right now, if you mean what you said and you said what you mean and you want Jesus to change your life, many have done it all across this place, and you're serious with God, just step out of that seat, find the nearest aisle, and come down here quickly. Just come. Step out. Don't look around. Don't see if anybody else is coming. Just step out and come. Come on. Just step out all over. Maybe you saw somebody raise their hand next to you. Maybe you brought someone this morning and you're not sure if they're saved. Why don't you ask them, are you saved? Are you ready? Are you ready to meet Jesus this morning? Come on. We're just going to give it just a moment here. Come on. Come on. How many more? How many more? Maybe you're backslidden. Maybe you're backslidden today. You're running from the things of God. You're like Laura. You know what's right, but you're running from God this morning. Come on. Come on. Jesus is going to change your life today. How many more? How many more? You know why we do this? How many more? Because the Bible says in Romans 3.23, for some of us have sinned. Oh, all. Sorry, my bad. For all have sinned. That's you and me. And fall short of the glory of God. If we could just see heaven for one second or see hell for one second, it would change our lives. But God, for some reason, doesn't do that. It's one of, it's one of the, I have lots of questions I want to ask God. But I, God, why didn't you give more people a glimpse of hell like you did me? That's my testimony. He showed me what, the night I got saved where I was going. And I was just smart enough to not be dumb. Amen. Uh, I think I should probably get saved because I don't want to go there. Thank God I was smart enough to not be dumb. Hell, eternity, separated from God. Even if you don't believe this morning, you say you don't. If you're here, let me, let me tell you how we preach and teach here. If you're here and you say you don't believe in God, let me tell you what the Bible says you are. If you say it, by the way, no one really is, but you're a fool. You're a fool. I didn't say it. The Bible did. There ain't no God. You're a fool. The Bible says only a fool says in his heart, 
There's no God. Because you can't look at this world. Oh, look at all the bad things. Well, look at the good things. Look at the rivers and the oceans and the butterflies and a baby and miracles and miracles and miracles. He's real. And you can have a relationship with him. That's the crazy thing. He can know your name and you can know his name and you can have the peace and the joy of knowing that you're saved and that when you die, you're not going to go to hell that was made for the devil and his angels. You're going to go to heaven. So all fall short of the glory of God. All of us are sinners. So if you're here today and you don't have your faith in Jesus Christ, your eternal destination is hell. Because that's, Romans 6 says, the wages, the payment of my sin is death, but the gift of God. How many are thankful for the, but the gift of God is eternal life. Eternal life. I'm going to wait five more seconds. And I know there's some people watching online as well. If you're not saved, come on. Five, four, three, two, one. Those that are watching online, say this prayer after me. It's a biblical prayer. It's a faith thing. God will change you and transform you. You know, ride this altar to heaven. Don't be ashamed to come and admit your, don't care what people think. Ride the altar to heaven. Say this with me, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. I fall short of your glory. I make mistakes. I'm lost without you. But I believe that you came down from heaven, lived in a physical body, and died on a real cross, suffered bled and died for me to take away my sins as the Lamb of God. And I believe you rose from the dead and defeated death and hell and the grave. And today I believe that with all my heart and I confess with my mouth Jesus is Lord. Write my name in the Lamb's book of life, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.